0: Okay, this is an interview with Jose Boralas on Sunday, May 16th, 2021 by Nick Brickell. Now, Jose, were you involved in any sort of choir or have any private singing lessons or anything when you were growing up?
1: Growing up, I did not have any sort of like, I didn't get any um, sort of teacher or anything like that, but I did, my dad was a... uh, it was in a band and my grandpa was in a band uh, completely different nothing close to being heavy metal or even close to metal uh they they my my grandpa was in a uh, what you call a trio which which is a uh, three people that play guitars a trio basically. that's what it translates to uh that's spanish <laughs> um and uh he played and sang like old classic uh regional mexican music and then my dad uh he had a band in the 80s uh, that toured around um, southwestern U.S. and and uh, and Mexico and a little bit of South America. And he did uh, what it called Románticas, which is translates to uh, romance or romantic music. And in the 80s, it was very popular with a lot of different groups. I played that style of music. That's the kind of music I grew up listening to since it was always around and my dad played music. Um, it wasn't until, I want to say... Uh, I think it was either seventh grade or eighth grade where, where uh, I was, I didn't choose this, but they put me in, in chorus class uh, at school. And, and I wasn't the greatest singer. I still don't think I'm the great singer. I, I feel like I scream into a mic very well and in different ways. But back then the, the, the teacher or professor of chorus class, they made us sing like, um like the Titanic song or, or uh, what's that other song they made us sing? Because we did perform in like for, for uh, our little for our school, um, and it was um, I think it was the Grease song. I forgot what Grease Lightning or something. <laughs> so they made us uh, uh, sing that stuff. Uh, I wasn't like the, the the main person singing. I was in the background doing oohs and ahs. So I'm pretty sure I wasn't the greatest singer. Um, so yeah, I didn't have any like proper training or anything like that.
0: When you were younger, what was that initial spark that made you want to be a singer?
1: Well, that's the funny part as well. Like, I never really wanted to be a singer. Like, there was nothing against singing. I I wanted to be a guitarist. I really, I I begged my dad for a guitar for a long time. And uh, he, he, I mean, he obliged. He, He really liked the idea of me playing instruments. I know a little bit about, a little bit of guitar, a little bit of bass, a little bit of drums. But my first initial band I really wanted to be a, a guitarist. I, I was in a, a lot of punk bands before I even—never um, mind. I take that back. I wasn't in a lot of punk bands. I was in two punk bands before I, I joined uh, Bonded by Blood, which is like a thrash metal band. Um, but I was the guitarist. And initially, when 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 Bonded first started, I wanted to be the the, the rhythm guitarist. Um, when I met before I met Alex, I, when I started looking for a guitarist, uh, lead guitarist, I was like, hey, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the uh, the guitarist. I, I, that's what I was like set to do. And then I heard Alex play, and I was like, wow, well, I don't really want to do. This. I don't really want to play. It's like he needs someone better to do his like rhythms than than I could play at the time. I was playing stuff like The Misfits and Black Flag, so that was nothing close to what he was already playing. He was already playing. You know, uh, Steve Vai stuff and a lot of like Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhoads stuff. So he was way ahead of what I was doing. And singing just kind of fell onto me. I was kind of like, I was, uh, I guess, sparked by singers like uh, Henry Rollins from Black Flag. Like all the attitude of that hardcore punk era from the 80s. That's what really made me want to pick up the mic. Their attitude and their they weren't the greatest singers. Like they weren't no... You know they weren't um d o or anything like that, but they were they just had that attitude and that you know is the reason I even went into extreme music in general. It was just mostly a lot of that hardcore punk stuff um from that era from the eighties that that really made me feel like hey, anybody can do this if they really want to, and uh obviously you have to have your own little unique uh twist to it, but you know that's that's what really sparked actually pick you know it fell into hey. Uh, do you want to do the vocals for Bonded because we have no one else? And then I I fine-tuned it by listening to some of my my favorite vocalists, which are, you know, one of them being Henry Rollins from Black
0: Flag. You took some time off from music to take some college courses. Uh, What types of skills or knowledge did you acquire to become a better musician uh, from college?
1: I took some time off due to that, yeah. Uh, You know, even though we toured with, with Bonded and and did, like, world tours and and hit so many countries and whatnot. Um, At the end of the day, I was still kind of jumping around, um, living from, like, couch to couch. Uh, I wasn't living a luxurious life. I come from a very working-class family, a first-generation Mexican-American. So we never really had money. And um, my whole idea was, like, hey, I need to get – I need to start doing something because I don't – like, no money is coming in, and I need to – do something with my life that's going to, I didn't want to be 35 and like, that's the age I am now. And like not being able to like, I didn't want to live in my friend's couch anymore. So that's what I did. I got a lot of life skills. I actually did nothing with, uh, with my, uh, my bachelor's. I got my bachelor's in political science, but I did nothing with that. Like I, I tried doing some political science, like government stuff, but it, it, it just wasn't my thing. So, but it did help me learn a lot about myself and I think I, I adapt that and transfer that into music now and what I want to do, which is mostly business stuff. And I think all that life uh, experience that I got during those times with jumping from job to job and, and really finding who I really wanted to be and who I want to be as a person uh, helped me redefine me as a person musically, uh, exactly what I wanted to do and how do I, how I wanted to deal with labels and and the business side of things, because uh, everything I've done with music, I, I've been really good. I've been really good at doing the business side of it, and I think all that, in a way, helped me more evolve that side of things. Not necessarily going to college, but just the experiences I had at college, networking with different people,
0: etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, how many bands are you a part of right now?
1: Right now, I'm only part of two bands uh which is mackerel which is a band that has uh, me a uh, steven drummer um juan uh guitar and andrew guitars um and a lot of those and jerry bass um they a lot of those guys came over to me came over to do ignoxia with me um it was basically i think steven for drums and juan for guitar so those guys came over and did ignoxia with me but yeah part of two two different bands
0: when it came to the sound of Ignoxia, what really shaped your musical taste to form that band?
1: So initially, uh, for Agnoxia, I wanted to be I wanted it to be a solo project. So while I was waiting for um for macrocosm to to record the full album since we, we did do a demo in two thousand eighteen or an E P um, and then we, we hopped into we were doing well, everything was fine, and we hopped into the studio. When we hopped into the studio and I want to say 2000, late 2019 or mid 2019. Um, uh, while we were going to the studio, uh, the pandemic hit and they closed everything down. And we were waiting. It, we were waiting it out for a bit, being like, okay, let's wait a few months. Let's wait a few blah blah. blah. Then it turned into what it is now, right? But um, so we couldn't get to actually record Mad And While I was waiting, I needed to have some creative juices like flowing. I had. I was writing songs that did not fit macrocosm and in the beginning i wanted it to be more of a grind band like i wanted to be a grind solo project um so i had in my mind i had like terrorizer you know repulsion that that was like my i'm gonna do something like that and uh as i was talking to juan who is the guitarist for macrocosm he i kept telling him like hey this is what i want blah 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 he wasn't part of the band yet i was just talking to my ideas we worked together so he he was just kind of picking my brain on what I wanted to do. And he's like, hey, man, like I can help with this. He started sending me riffs daily, like just do 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 like this is, is this something you would like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, thank you for, for helping me out. I really liked a lot of the stuff, but it wasn't sounding like what I initially thought it was going to sound like. It wasn't sounding like a terrorizer type of um, band. It wasn't sounding like a repulsion type of band. Now it started sounding a little bit different. And as this, this was coming in, I had the idea of being like, hey, you know what, maybe I should get some guest musicians in here. And so um, I got, I talked, I needed a drummer. So I talked to the Mac Cosm drummer. It was just easy to, to talk to Steven about it because he's there and he's a good friend of mine. And he's like, yeah, I'll help you out. And so he, he banged all that out right away. So we had like, I want to say four songs ready to go within. A month or so uh he came in they only jammed on them once like him and juan jammed on them once and um and we went to record so now we had the base of this band the bass sound of this band ready to go and while i was listening to these uh these these demo tracks that they, they they recorded i was like you know what it would be a good idea is to get um some of these guys like my old friends from bondage that was the first people i actually contacted and, and uh, it was hard to get Juan the original Juan from bonded to 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 do stuff he hadn't played guitar in like a few years um, he was a little rusty so I had I I wanted to make sure that he was part of this especially on a, a song with with Alex so I waited a little bit to to make sure that he was up to date and and he was he took all that rust out and so they came along for the ride and while I was doing that I'm like you know what maybe I should every song should have a guest guitars that I'm, that I'm really into and since i had brought alex and juan in i thought it would be a good idea to bring from that era of like to the early 2000s like new thrash revival era to come over and just and jam with like all old friends just like old times and uh so the sound kept evolving as i kept adding all these people and i'm a person that i'm okay with stuff like that i trust those guys because they they're obviously great musicians and um and I know that they're going to come up with something amazing. So uh, as, as they came in and I gave them the songs for each person, like the songs, even though we have a base for the music that makes it sound like Ignacia, every time those guys came in, the lead guys, they made that song sound like a completely different song, but then it still fit into what we're doing with Ignacia, which is great. And moving forward, I feel like that's what we're going to do and bring in, uh, more people and, and take some people out and bring in guest vocalists and do like, it's, it, I have like all of it planned for the actual debut album.
0: Now for the EP, like it feels like a who's who at the new wave uh, thrashers. Uh, did you get everyone you wanted for the EP? No, uh,
1: I, I got the closest friends I wanted to get. Um, there was other people that I wish could fit into the EP, but it would have been like, kind of like overkill too many <laughs> many lead guys in one song you know what i mean uh, i wanted to get guys from like gamma bomb guys from magic rich tool that whole era of like the new thrash wave a lot of them are still friends of mine like, i wanted to get guys from witch haven and all these things the good thing is that that the um that the album's coming out we already have the bass recorded for the album and i have a lot of guys that once i released the ep we're like, hey man, how come you never hit me up? I would have loved to be on him, blah, blah, blah. So now I have like a whole roster of really cool people that are going to come in that I never thought even wanted to be part of it. So I'm kind of excited for that.
0: Now, what was the typical way uh, Ignacia composed a song?
1: So I had an idea for songs and I, I worked a lot with Juan, Juan Carlos Alba, um, not Juan Juarez. Um, he's the guitarist for Macrocosm and Ignoxia. He's the main core, one of the main core group guys. So I gave him ideas of what I wanted. Like I would be like, hey, man, like I really like this obituary riff and I really like this terrorizer riff. Uh, do you think you can make something like this? He, and then we would bounce ideas back and forth. He would record some stuff on his computer, send it over to me. That's the great thing about technology nowadays, man. Like it's easy to... Sorry, it's easy to send stuff over and, uh, and just kind of listen to it right away. Um, so that was really cool. So we worked uh, like night and day for like two, three weeks on riffs. And once uh, that came to be, uh, we changed little things here and there, but we sent it over to our drummer. Our drummer is the one that was like, okay, and I trust him. He's a really good drummer. So anything that he was going to bring to the table, I knew it was going to be really good. And it was. And then once we were in the studio, he did change some things in the studio, the drum wise. Uh, So now we have these, these core parts of this song. Once this was here with, once we had recorded that, we came they came over to me and I listened to them over and over and over and over to write lyrics to them, to do this. And I had a whole idea of what I wanted to do with the, with the lyrics and what kind of theme I wanted to go uh, with this band. And I wanted to make sure it didn't sound like, like, bonded and it didn't sound like macrocosm like i wanted its own its own style uh, the first time i ever did vocals like this as well and i think it came out pretty cool so that came to be and then once i listened to the stuff with vocals on them and, and everything on there i was like okay this song is good for uh Balmore. this song is good for alex and kwan like i i sent them the lead stuff at the end but i wanted to make sure that each song fit particular guest i had in mind
0: now can you tell me about working again with alex and juan for suffer existence
1: that was really cool it was i feel like it was like a little mini reunion of bonded by blood uh something that i we've talked about uh for ages it seems like now uh we were going to do something for exile to earth's 10-year anniversary it just didn't come to be but uh, we talked about being on a song together, and it was really fun. It, was, it, it brought a lot of nostalgic vibes, a lot of nostalgic feels. It was cool to have both of them on the uh, track, and, and uh, it just felt great. It felt like old times, and uh, it kind of sparked some, some interest in maybe doing something in the future.
0: When it comes to bands getting to perform again in a post-COVID landscape, any advice on how to avoid pay-to-play moving forward?
1: Uh, that's a difficult one because even before uh pandemic hit or you know covid hit you know there's a lot of that going on especially here in la like there's nothing but pay to play it's very rare that you get it especially for 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 bands that are just starting out it's very rare that you get a a a venue that will let you just jump on a show unless it's like some of those do-it-yourself type of venues and I'm the type of guy that even with our, our macrocosm or even back in the bonded by blood days, I, I, I used to do my own shows. Like I set up my own shows and try to set up my own fan base and, and bring up like that, that see, whatever scene I was a part of or whatever bands I felt were great. I just would set up my shows, you know, find like a lot of do it yourself venues. Like those bigger venues are always going to you know, have big promoters that want you to pay in. That's how they make their money. So it's very difficult to, for for a band that's just starting off, to avoid that stuff, especially if you want to play with bands like a bigger name band, I don't know Testament or whoever, they're gonna ask you to. Especially in LA, that's it's, it's a difficult thing. I, I mean, I would suggest just kind of create your own scene or create your own friend bands and, and and jam with those guys and and bring your start bringing in uh, instead of trying to. Uh, and I get the I get the appeal of. of of trying to open up for like an exodus or a testament and and we did the same when we were starting like you know here and there like hey exodus is coming let's let's play this let's play that let's play with them and and we we probably did like two or three pay-to-play shows but man i hate those shows like they're the worst but yeah my suggestion would be like you know try to create your own little scene create your own little friend bands where you start start you know getting a following and then you can create your own shows get your try to try to do your research on, on some like do it yourself venues or some venues that are local to you that are not as big as like a whiskey or a a bigger venue
0: like that. And, uh, you know, just go your own shows. When it comes to your music collection, what are your three most cherished albums?
1: This one is going to surprise some people. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, I, I'll go one by one. Uh, the first one in my that I close that I that I hold close dear to my heart is uh, Misfit Walk Among Us, uh, and the reason for that is because I uh, before I ever listened to that album, I never listened to any sort of extreme music before. Um, before that, I was listening to whatever was on the radio or whatever my parents played. Um, which was usually music in Spanish or regional Mexican music. And that's what I grew up listening to and playing as a kid. And I want to say seventh grade showed me the Misfits and my life changed completely. After that, I wanted to make bands that had more of a, you know, had like distorted amps and and, and crazy lyrics and blah, blah, blah. Like that changed my whole world. I started dipping into uh, deeper, different types of more extreme music because of them. So that's number one. Um, I think number two would have to be Bad Brains and their debut album, which is self-titled. Uh, just because when I first heard that, I just couldn't believe that people played with so much attitude. Uh, I was like, "What the hell is going on? I'm like, this is crazy!" And then I started uh, watching VHS videos of them and blah blah blah. And, like then when YouTube came along, I started watching YouTube of them and I'm like, I, I saw the crowds and all that stuff in New York and I was just like, I don't know, man, like that just appealed to me. Like the, the energy that they, that they uh, brought and and just like the music, you can feel it in the music. It was so raw and so, so like unapologetic. I I mean, I loved it. Obviously nowadays we get more extreme stuff, but to me that had a great impact. Um, And then it would be probably nowadays terrorizer world downfall. Uh, just LA Grindcore band uh, before I listened to I before I listened to any sort of heavy metal which is funny because I come from punk like that's my that's my whole like I grew up in like middle school and high school listened to like punk hardcore punk that was my scene before I went into metal and I listened to like and that took me deep into like crust punk and like these other punk that were that had more closer ties to I want to say like Grind and, and, and death metal than it did with like Iron Maiden or Dio. I listened to Dio and Iron Maiden like way later in life, which is such a weird thing because I went the other way around. I started listening to like Terrorizer, Repulsion before I even listened to Iron Maiden. So Terrorizer opened up a different world to me, like a a heavier punk meets death metal kind of uh, world. And I, I listened to a lot of that stuff. And you know, it, it reminds me a lot of like my high school years. So they're I, I,
0: my third choice. Now. Nope. What is your favorite urban legend or ghost story from living in California?
1: Okay, so this one is going to be, since I am like a Mexican-American kid, first generation, and I feel like a lot of people here in the southwest of the United States get this, uh, that are from Latino descent, get this uh, story. And it's called La Llorona, which translates to The Weeping Lady. And uh, as kids, our parents told it told us this story all the time, saying that if you go out at night, this lady will come out and get you and, and and uh and drown you because the, as the story goes is that the spaniards were trying to uh, conquer or conquered uh all of latin america whatever it was they there was a lady that married uh this guy she, she this guy was uh cheating on her and he, he caught them and he grabbed her kids and 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 drowned them in the river and then when she drowned them in the river they all went to uh, heaven or whatever spiritual world you believe in but she got stuck in purgatory for being for doing what she did and as she does she preys on children trying to drown them and so as a kid i i took that to heart and most of my friends did as well i grew up in a in a very uh, uh mexican-american neighborhood and everybody there knew that story so at night when you were younger you're like oh my god you would hear little noises here and there, and we'd be like like do coming and like it's little things like that but it, it's 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 nostalgic and at the same time like now thinking about it and like rereading the story I'm like this is pretty like cryptic in a way (laughs) Final words Uh, Check out Ignoxia we just debuted our EP I think it was April 9th Uh, we sold out of all our stuff which is I appreciate everybody that still uh, supports me in any way or possible like you guys are awesome Um, check out Macrocosm. Our EP came out in 2018, but we have a full length coming out soon, I hope. It's under, uh, it's being mixed and mastered by Damien from Horrendous, which is a death metal band. They sound, the the EP sounds, I mean, uh, the full album is sounding really cool. So keep an eye out and an ear out for that. And yeah, hopefully we get to a live show soon behind the music doing some, uh, trying to get us on some tours and do some things like that. So hopefully, We get to see everyone that supported us with uh, buying merch and whatnot. And hopefully I get to see you out on the East Coast.
0: This has been an interview with Jose Boralas on Sunday, May 16th, 2021, by Nick Burkell.